Welcome to Live to Grind. My name is Brennan T. Adams, serial entrepreneur, inventor, TV creator, and speaker, passionate about helping others create something great and become unforgettable. Join me each week to discuss practical ways to help you increase your income and impact as an influencer in your industry. My goal is to help you take your business and lifestyle to the next level. Now let's get started. Welcome back to the Live to Grind podcast show. I'm Bernie C. Adams, and on this podcast show, it's a little different. I'm actually taking you behind the scenes when David France and I were playing some pool in my basement in Iowa. We had the film crew there, Herb Gonzalez, who, who talks a little bit in the show. We had Chris there filming with us as well. And we were actually, this is right before the Mastermind Weekend in Iowa. And we just got in, and I wanted to, well, learn a little more about David. You know, I've known him for a few years now, but he's literally one of the most interesting guys I know. And I wanted to dig deep with him about his journeys and everything he knew and get some of his knowledge out of him and bring it to the show. This is actually, if you if you want to see the video version of this, of us playing pool in my basement, you can go to livetogrind.com forward slash 280. You can see us playing pool and see all of it if you want to go check it out there. But in this show, you're going to learn... Basically, for one, Herb talks about how we first started getting to work together, what that was like, and his impression of me when we first started working together. His first time seeing me, he, well, saw me in a suit for the premiere, believe it or not. So we talk about his like for people that start working with me and his experience, and obviously he's still along for the ride. And then I go into David. You know, we're asking the questions back and forth. I talk about experiences, how they change your life and who you are. I talk about some of my experiences. David talks about how people fear what they don't know. You know, when people face their fears, it opens up more of the world for you. He just talks about some of his interesting stories. He tells some great stories, by the way. And I really love what he says. He basically talks about how he's really living a millionaire lifestyle. He's living like a millionaire, but he doesn't have a million dollars in the bank. And it just gives you some good perspective. He talks about how he got into an event that costs $50,000 per ticket, how he got in there for free, and how to really connect with the most powerful people in the world, how he's done it, how he's connected with me, and just some advice he can give. And also he talks a little crowdfunding talks about how they made a video go viral, a crowdfunding video, and about jalapeno, bacon, mac, and cheese. Yes, you have to listen to it. it. This is a great show. I really love this, and David France is a great guy. By the way, David's going to be speaking at the Live to Grind event. He will be at the Live to Grind event. He's going to be one of our first speakers. David's story, he spoke to my mastermind group. It is so inspiring. It, we had us uh, in tears and just like... Everything he shared with us, I'm excited to bring it to you at our event in LA. If you haven't got your tickets yet, get your tickets. LiveToGrind.com forward slash event. Get your tickets. It's December 7th through the 9th, downtown LA. We have a great lineup. David is one of the speakers. I want to see you there. I want to see you at this event. So please go over to LiveToGrind.com, get your tickets, and let's hang out at the event in December for Live to Grind. So let's jump right into it with my buddy, David France. Let's get started. Do you think 
the better you know yourself helps you to connect with other people? I do. But I think we're always finding ourselves. Sure. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, as we age, I mean, I don't know how old you are, but like... <laughs> well, like I mean, what I did there? <laughs> well, I mean, maybe for me you could say as time passes. I'm not as sure. As time passes, but no, I think we're always finding ourselves. Three years ago, no, fuck, a year ago, I was the different person I am now. And time... I don't know. Experiences change who you are. I mean, heck, four months ago, when I was filming with Herb, we were filming in February for the premiere, when I said, hey, Herb, here's your chance to show me what you got. And then in March, I did this deep, the MITT training, basic and advanced. That changed me. That made me think differently. And then I became a different person. I think we're always changing. Why do you think people are afraid to change? Because people fear what they don't know. But was once that you, on but what? Yeah, it was. So people fear what they don't know. But once you figure out that when you do something that's out of your comfort zone, it feels good, you're more likely to do it. That's why for me, I'm kind of a junkie on that. That wasn't very good. There you go, buddy. So, I'm curious, Herb. When you uh, when you first met me and I gave you the challenge of doing the pr- premiere thing, tell me what you thought of me and just the situation and opportunity. What was going through your mind? So, you're talking about like that first night, the premiere night? Is that what yeah. you said? What my impression was of you, or yeah, what what you thought of the situation, you know, or your opportunity for prosperity? I had this conversation with Sean like two days ago. I don't know I why we it. brought it up. Yeah, actually, he asked me, and like I showed up after getting just we had only talked in emails. I met you like once at at full sale, and like I just I don't know. I didn't know what I was like walking into. Honestly, you know, yeah. I walk into a room with a bunch of Emmys on the table. Yeah. There's a bunch of awards. I'm like, where am I? Uh, <laughs> and and then you walk in in this suit, and like everyone's wearing a suit, and I'm like, I, I don't know. That's probably I the am. only time I wore a suit. I know, but that's what's funny is that was my first impression of you. So that I thought you dressed that way. <laughs> Far from it. <laughs> oh, so that- what what did you think when you first had the the chant? So like when I. When I said, I'm curious about this, because this is the one thing that busts people's balls. Because the one thing I do before people work with me, I don't pay people right away. I be Because I want them to just show what they're worth. And that's why I tell them to read the book, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. To like see, you have to show your worth. What did you think of me, Herb, when I said, Herb, I, I saw the look in your face. I'm like, Herb, here's what I'll do. We'll be on a six-week trial period. I said, I'll pay you. It was very minimal. Per week for six weeks, and then we'll decide. Like, what was your thought process when I'm like, "Hey, you got to basically show it." Yeah, I mean, like, I so after that first video, I was like, "I definitely want to be here," you know. So I had yeah. that impression. But right around this time, like, my photography was starting to boom. So I'm like, "You're do debating." I take, yeah, so it's like, do I take this risk and try video, which obviously I want to do. I've been wanting but to not learn make, it. But it was so. Ooh, here's the thing: 
it was the uncertainty because you're like, I wouldn't make that much money or the certainty of making a decent amount of money for photography. It's already booked. Like, already set, booked. good to go. Yeah, so I don't know, man. I don't know how. I don't even remember what we ended up working out, but I'm still here, so. <laughs> you're, still, you're still here. We figured it out. We He's making more than me. <laughs> We're flying every weekend somewhere. I know. Uh, but, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there came a point where it's like, okay, you know what? Let's just. You and I like talked for like a week just trying to figure things out because you were trying to figure it out too. Well, we didn't know because we don't know what we don't know. Exactly. I've never. Like, but once you figure it out, it's just like episodes. We film so much content and now we're like, we're getting the rhythm. Oh, this yeah. is what we need to get, you know? Exactly. It's, but again, like you said, David, people fear what they don't know. But I found out when you do things that you're not used to doing and you take up the opportunity, you get rewarded. Mm. I mean, what about you, David? Let's talk about travel. You get on trains and go to places where a random person tells you to go to. <laughs> like, what what are the rewards of traveling the country and going to places without like knowing what you're going to do? Like, tell me about the best experience. Like, what are the, what did you get out of that? For me, it's um, an opportunity to really interface with the world. I, I grew up really shy. When I was in elementary school, I was so shy, the kids thought I was mute. We suck. And, um, and so for me, I, so, so much of my life when I was younger was in my head. And so much of the world was just inside of my, inside of my body. And, and maybe that's why I don't think of myself as like an age. I think of myself as a spirit. Yeah. And so when I go into, when I travel... I get to kind of interface with the world and connect with people and connect with real life in a three-dimensional way that maybe for the first part of my life was, was non-existent. So, you've, so really, you were kind of reborn. Well, I don't, I'm not sure if I would say reborn. I would say it's, it was an extension of the, kind of the growth that I already had. So I was already growing. So what were you like? I'm not, you, you don't have to say your age, but what were you like? When you were in high school. <laughs> close, you were close. What were you like in high school? Well, in high school, I started to break out of my shell a little bit. So I was a nerd, and my friends were like, nerds. Like, what would you do? Computer uh, nerd? No. You played violin? I played the violin. I played the violin. Try to get the time here. And, um, and I did my homework, and I, and I, was, uh, I, was, I, was, I was a good student. But also, I, I was kind of coming out of my shell a little bit. So I was the class clown of the nerds. So I was, I was starting to kind of find my stride and find kind of things that I was interested in, find things that I thought were funny. But, um, but I, it was still that kind of that, that balance point between shy and, um, and, and beginning to be outgoing. But also I started to kind of really start to figure out what were the things that I valued. And, and one of the things that I valued, I think just for my parents being immigrant to the country, was this idea of... of Studying, like my parents couldn't teach me how to be American, and so my, my parents always said study and study to see how people did things, and um, and so I was always watching people, always watching and learning, and so when I travel the world now, it's it's a it's a continuation of that. So okay, when I, when I'm in Croatia, I, I I'm I'm always watching and I'm studying. When I'm in Germany, I'm watching and I'm studying, but but now that I'm more social, I'm not I'm not only watching, I'm I'm engaging with those people, even if it's. 
through sign language or or having yeah. conversations. When you have you speaking Spanish, others <laughs> speaking a different language, and you're like trying to like figure out, figure how, it to, out. how to live together, how to literally live together. And so even like today, just like being on that whatever that vehicle was called and almost dying, I think when you stretch yourself, <laughs> it <The> really. <laughs> I, th- I think actually when when you face things, you when you fear something, it actually keeps you from from a part of life that others can enjoy and when you face your fears it actually opens up more of the world to you and it actually frees you to enjoy what maybe we were made to enjoy so today you were freed by going on the airboat ride well at the time i wouldn't think i was being freed but i think in in retrospect definitely (laughs) (laughs) i saw the look in your face you were like yeah there was there was no the freedom was like maybe a freedom out of this life into death but um (laughs) so what what do you what do you want with your life like what what do you what do you like what do you envision for your life i think my my big goals is i really love um creating community and so again maybe because i grew up so shy um, my desire to connect with people and my desire for community is, is really, really important. So um, like peace? Um, I, th- I think in a sense, that I, th- I think maybe, maybe not world peace, but I think within, within communities, communities of people can really strive for peace within, within the subculture that they exist in. But not, not only just creating communities, I'm super passionate about building communities that are also really generous. So communities of people that come together that want to be of a blessing or be of value to other people. And I feel like, and I, and I kind of realized that those are the kind of projects and the kind of people that I want to work with, even if it might look different. So what you're doing when you are investing in the people in your mastermind, you are growing a community and those people, they are involved in projects and companies that help other people. So you are growing a community that actually catalyzes generosity. So uh, that's kind of part of the way I So I like, that's the thing I love about you is the way you put things is in a different perspective than how I would look at it, but it makes you think about, wow, that's actually what I'm doing, but I never really thought of it that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so for you, so how do you, you want to build community, what specific things are you doing and do you want to do to build the community? Well, the thing that I mainly do in Boston is I have a youth orchestra. It's um, inner city kids who wouldn't normally have the chance to play an instrument. And it's an after-school program that's three hours a day after school, five days a week. So 15 hours a week, I meet with about seven or eight kids. And sometimes they say sometimes four hours a day. And I invest in them and teach them how to play a musical instrument and also teach them how to be a community because we're, they're not just learning how to play an instrument, they're learning how to be an orchestra. And so they're learning how their particular skill connects with a group. And so just really growing that community. And on the first day of the program, when we started four years ago, the big lesson I learned was, yeah, this is a really serious thing I want to do and I want it to be really good. But I also learned that I need to be able to laugh at myself and, and allow them to be, have the freedom to make mistakes. And that is, I guess, having the freedom to make mistakes is the, is the best environment to grow because you realize that, okay, it's not going to always be perfect. And as you move towards mastery, 
you're gonna you're gonna fall on your face. And if somebody lets you do that, then you feel you actually are bit, you're able to take more risks. So you are basically the king of building relationships. I mean, even how you built a relationship with me. What have you learned to be the most powerful way to connect with influential people and like anyone? Like what what is it that you've done that's been able to get you into the rooms and opportunities and events and different just experiences that you've got? What have you done that's so unique? Well, I think you you've said a lot of it, listening. So I think it's listening. I think also it's being authentic. Um, I think the the more you know yourself and as you are growing in the knowledge of who you are and you are you present that office authenticity to others and then you're going to naturally connect with people who have similar values and I think when you connect with people who have similar values and then you I think the one of the the magic maybe like the magic is follow up and so basically what I did right there yeah, you, 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 you made a, you, you hit a, a hole, in, hole in one, this is not golf, and then, and, then, and then you followed up. I saw a way to connect with somebody, and I let them talk first. I think if we just mm. listen more, yeah. instead of just talk, 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 as I talk, 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 but no, listen more. It's, seriously, so many people, they want to speak their thoughts, and they don't want to actually take the time to listen. And you know what? Most people are not open to what other opportunities are there. Yeah. I have one of the most open minds. Like I, this is where philosophy comes in in school. Like per se, this, if they were in this position or this position, how would you see it? And that's yeah. why I always try to put myself in somebody else's shoes. My mom taught me that. Like always see maybe the reason why they are the, or the way they are is because of being raised or whatever's going on in their life. Like you don't know what's going on that day. Also for me, like within that same idea, that's why when I describe myself, I try to f- kind of um, get to get a bird's eye view of not just what I do, but more of why I do things and kind of the essence of what I do, because then that allows me to connect with more people and allows people to not put me in a box. So let me, let me ask you this, and I've never actually asked this. So if I said, David, what do you do? Like what? What is your answer besides having an orchestra? Like what? What do you do? Like how do you? What do you do for a living? What are you as an entrepreneur? Because you are an entrepreneur. Yeah. But what is your definition? Like what? What do you do? Of what I do? Yeah. I think I think it's kind of created with. I mean, it's connected to what I said before. What I do is I'm extremely passionate about building generous communities and and that's through a lot of things it's through the orchestra it's through events it's through mentoring people it's through going to events it's through adding value to other people um and so i think what i i think the essence of what i do is building communities whose main purpose is is has a generous outcome so money is not your driver money is not my driver Sometimes I wish it was because I wish I had more of it, but um, but it's obviously not my main driver because if it was, then it would it would um, influence more of my decisions. So you don't let money influence your decisions at all. 
Money does not influence my decisions, but like something we were talking about earlier is um, I, my, like my father told me to study people. And one of the types of people that I looked at was multimillionaires. And I, and I wondered when I was in college in Boston, I thought, if I want to start an orchestra, um, how would I do it if I, if I was a multimillionaire? And I thought, if I was a multimillionaire bankrolled by my parents, I wouldn't get a job. I would just spend maybe six months mentor, I mean, six months networking, writing a business plan, um, meeting people, finding resources. And so, even though money is not my my main driving force, I studied people who maybe had the resources that I didn't have, who were who were doing things that other people thought were amazing. And I thought, how could I? How could my lifestyle? be similar to theirs in order to achieve the, the goals that I want. So basically, how could your lifestyle be similar to theirs and achieve the same goals they do without having to have money? Without having to have money. Because everything about their lifestyle isn't money-related. Like what? Like not working. So yeah, not working, of course, it is money-related, is money but... You can have two people that don't work. One is a multimillionaire, one isn't. And then what do you do with your time? So if you're not working and you're and you're a multimillionaire, but you want to achieve, you want to build a business, you're going to spend your time doing X, Y, and Z. So I thought, if I'm not working, I'm going to spend my time doing the same X, Y, and Z. And so it's so it's so you have these parallel kind of situations, but that's not to, it's not the fact that they're parallel. It's then what you then do with the situation. What made you the way you are to not be driven by money? Which isn't a bad thing, but what made you be that way? Because 99.9% of the percentages of the population is, but you're not. And I know you, I've known this. Yeah. I think uh, a true story. So I, when I was a kid, so my parents are immigrants. When I was, when I was graduating high school, my mother said, oh, great, you're graduating high school. What do you want to be? a engineer or a lawyer and i said a musician and (laughs) that was not one of the two choices and for immigrant parents when you when when people move to united states they don't move to united states for their kids to be musicians they move to this new country for them to move up in the social rung in the social world and so because my parents at that particular time didn't completely um, think that that was the wisest choice, I really had to do a lot of soul searching. But at the same time, when I was in high school, I was also kind of chasing that. I was on that road to be becoming very wealthy, and so I was doing well in school. I was doing a lot of programs. So when I graduated high school, one of the jobs that I had was I was. I was given top secret security clearance to work on a project for the Air Force. And so I'm 17 years old. I had this security clearance. I'm working on this project. Sorry, I'm smiling because I, I thought he's 17 years old. I wonder <laughs> what year it was. <laughs> I keep going. And um, when I had this job, I met a guy in the company who said, who knew the, who, who found out that I played the violin. And he said, oh, when I was younger, I used to be a composer. And and then he said life got in the way, and now he is not doing comp- composition anymore. And that day was a, a big defining moment for me, because when he walked away, and I saw the look in his eyes of this nostalgia of what could have been, I thought to myself, I never wanna, I never want to think 
what could be, what if, what if I decided to follow my dreams? And so I thought, okay, I want to follow my dreams, but it wasn't just, I'm going to follow my dreams. I, I asked myself a very hard question. I said, okay, you're going to do music. If you're going to follow your dream to do music, you have to then be okay with possibly being poor for the rest of your life and not having the kind of financial success you would have if you would follow this path that you're obviously on. So by following what you want, even knowing going into it, maybe you won't have the money. You're fulfilled because you enjoy, because you saw somebody that didn't go after they wanted. It doesn't mean they're happy and they could have all the money in the world. Yeah, so it wasn't that I decided I was going to be poor. The, the main decision was that I was going to follow my dreams. And I was going to follow my dreams at, at any cost. And so, again, it would be nice to have be more financially free and hopefully that would be my future someday but it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a decision of i'm going to be either poor or i'm going to be successful it was either i'm going to follow my dreams or i'm not going to follow my dreams and then when it when the decision became i'm going to follow my dreams then the question i asked myself was will you follow your dreams at any cost and if you can follow your dreams at any cost then follow your dreams but then i also knew if i if i couldn't follow my dreams at any cost and I shouldn't follow my dreams and then that would be okay because if I could if I couldn't make that decision but when I made that decision so you're fully committed to your dreams and I mean even sometimes me like sometimes money does change the direction of what I do you don't let money differ yeah I think everyone's everyone's different and everyone's kind of the um the portfolio of everyone's life is going to be made up of a lot of different pieces. What is, what is your parents? They, how do they feel about everything you do? Well, now, um, since then, um, I've had a, a number of different successes, and, and they've also seen how meaningful, kind of how how it fulfills you. Yeah, how how it fulfills parents me. Parents just want their their yeah, and how, kids not, to be not happy. only how it fulfills me, but how it's meaningful for other people and how it impacts other people. And so um, I think they're very proud of me right, right, right at, at, at this point. And, um, and also I, I think they, I, I believe they now realize that what I'm doing is actually an extension of the American dream. The American dream is you can come from anywhere in the world and come to the United States. And whatever your dream is, you can in this country realize Your dream it. is whatever you make of it. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily mean the American dream people think to go and just make become a millionaire. American dream is you live in your dream. These other countries, you don't have the chance to just live how you want to live. Yep, and so I think they're really proud because they realize that 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 what I what I've chosen to do is is the is the American dream. God, I like you. <laughs> I like it. His his just it's it's insane because I've never met somebody like you before, and it's more people need to hear things in this perspective. Mm. Like, do you your TED talk that you do? Is that what it? Do you talk ever talk about stuff like this? Different different shades of it, because again, since I've I feel like I've kind of distilled what what my mission is and what my 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 thoughts are. Everything that I do and say has has versions and shades of this idea. A lot more people need to hear it. So, <laughs> okay, your shot or my miss or my <laughs> miss, he says. 
It's mindset. It's mindset. <laughs> I made the shot, but not, <laughs> not the one that I should have made. Who's the most interesting person that you've come across? Wow, that's a good question. Don't say it to me. I know it is, but give him give someone different. That's a hard question. I might, you might have to make a couple shots before I... That's a really hard question. How did you get in that event that was $50,000 a ticket and you got in free? You and Mike both. Yeah. That... That is connected to how I met you, actually. Um, So uh, I guess two years ago now, me and some friends, every, actually today's Thursday, it was on a Thursday night, uh, in my neighborhood on Thursday night, there's a bar restaurant that has 40 cent wings, and it's a tradition on Thursday to go to this restaurant with some friends, and we have some 40 cent wings. And this particular Thursday, a bunch of my friends went went more, more than usual, and we started talking about a bunch of things. We were there for hours, and we ended up talking about a um, we ended up talking about a viral video that was going around of a of a kid from the University of Connecticut who, on camera, in a drunken state, was demanding the cafeteria serve him jalapeno bacon mac and cheese. And he's drunk, and he's just like, I want jalapeno bacon mac and cheese. And he's like getting belligerent. He ends up assaulting the cafeteria workers. It's all on camera. He gets arrested on camera. And we're sitting there talking about this video. And uh, it's all entrepreneurs. We're all, we're all, we're all entrepreneurs. And we're, we're thinking, how can we take this viral video of jalapeno bacon mac and cheese, and how can we turn it on its head? And we started talking about the, the potato salad Kickstarter campaign. And we thought, how can we recreate the potato salad campaign with jalapeno bacon mac and cheese? So as we sat there till 3 o'clock in the morning, we came up with the jalapeno bacon mac and cheese in the Agogo campaign. And we thought, let's start a campaign on the crowdfunding, camp- crowdfunding page to make a re- the recipe of jalapeno bacon mac and cheese, but not just make this recipe but to serve it to 100 homeless people in Boston. And so to kind of say, hey, like, we're not going to do it in a selfish way. We're going to make this recipe that this drunken kid assaulted a, a, a worker over and give homeless people this same food. So we set up this campaign. Two days later, it was live. And a month later, the Indiegogo, they were writing about our campaign. It was featured on the main, on the main site. We raised... 10 times more than we wanted to, than we asked. And, uh, How much you raise? We, we wanted 500. We ended up raising 5,000 nice. for the recipe of jalapeno bacon mac and cheese, which is crazy. And um, people wanted to hear about how we did it. And so a year later, a, um, the University of Pennsylvania, UPenn, they have a summer institute for high school students to teach them how to how to start businesses, and they wanted a they wanted a crowdfunding session, and they asked our jalapeno bacon mac and cheese team to to do a session on 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 how we how we did it. So we went there, we did a session. But before we did a session, I said, "Hey, I have time in the summer. Can I also help out in some way?" So they said, "Sure, you can be a mentor 
to one of our teams. And um, so I was going to do the session on crowdfunding and I was going to mentor one of the te- couple of the teams. And one of the teams I was mentoring was a kid who just got super excited about his project. And um, I was so impressed that I thought, there's something I want you to apply for. Now, rewind to... And everyone, all my stories are very complicated, so sorry. But so, come, um, there's a porn always. Yeah, so when you rewind to February of that same year, I'm walking through Harvard Square with someone that I had met for the first time in 10 years who met I'm me start shooting your balls in. on YouTube. I was giving him a 20-minute tour of, of Boston, and we walked through Harvard Square, and there was a, a woman who was drunk, and she was looking for the Science Center. And I helped her find the Science Center. She said, hey, I'm looking for the Science Center because there's a national debate championship happening, and I'm a judge. And we thought, you're drunk, but you're a judge, okay? <laughs> and so we, we get there, and we, we thought, well, since, since we're here, let's check out a, one, of the, one of the debate matches. We go into one match. There is one person debating, and there's one person watching with me and my friend. And we walk out of the room, and that guy walks out, and we meet him. And this is a 17-year-old kid from Texas. And he tells us a little bit about the debate, and then he tells us about his life. And he's a refugee from Iraq. And the first day he ever slept away from his house, he slept at his grandparents' house, and a bomb went through the center of his house. And his mother and sister on one side, his father was on the next side, and if he was there, he would have been in the middle. And he was saved, and he, his family eventually immigrated to the United States. And he, as he was telling me his, his amazing story, he was being nominated the next month to be a global teen leader. He was chosen as one of the top 30 teenagers in the world doing projects that were going to change the world. And so I was like, that's really amazing. And for the next three days in Boston, I hung out with this kid, got to know him, became really good friends with him. And so that summer... When I am mentoring at this camp because of the jalapeno bacon mac and cheese, the kid that I was mentoring him, mentoring, he, he, I thought he would be someone who I would nominate for this Global Teen Award. And so I nominated him, and then he was chosen as one of the top 30 teenagers in the world. And um, that program every year has an, an event with a $50,000 a ticket event. And because I'm now a nominator for this award and someone I nominated won this international award, they said, hey, if you want to come in and, and volunteer to help at our $50,000 ticket event, you can, you can help. And so I said, sure, I want to come. And they said, we need more people to help. And I said, well, I have a friend, Mike. He lives in New York. Maybe he could help as well. And so that's how that happened. Interesting. So it's, it's a kind of a combination of, of, of two super random things. Uh, a night of wings that led to a jalapeno bacon mac and cheese campaign and wander, a drunk woman in Harvard Square meeting a kid from Iraq and, and then leading to UPenn. And so. Well, who's the other kid that worked with us on the Ambitious Adventures campaign? Eric Pinos. Eric was a part of that too, right? Of the jalapeno bacon mac and cheese campaign, yeah. How's Eric doing? He is in his last semester at MIT. He um, just did an internship in China this summer. And so um, he's about to graduate, and he's figuring out how to kind of combine a lot of his loves of writing, entrepreneurship, um, education, tech, 
and also his homeland of Costa Rica. And so he's just trying to, and the, oh, he's also interested in virtual reality. So he's trying to figure out how to, like, he's w- in all of it. Yeah, like, how, how, what's the intersection of his interests, and how does he put a life together after MIT? Which I'm guessing is that's really good. I'm guessing is um, hard to do because when you go to such a prestigious institution, there's a lot of expectation. You know, one thing I gotta say, Jeff Hoffman has this too. You're really good at telling stories. If you can tell stories, people will not forget you and they'll remember the stories you told. It's like I won't forget us playing pool here and how sucky we did. (laughs) Well, you made all the shots. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully I forget how sucky we did, but I know I'm a sucky pool player, so this will just be connected to the other experiences. Who's the most intriguing person you've met? (sighs) You. (laughs) (laughs) We all knew the answer to that. <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't have asked that question. <laughs> I mean, I got thinking, but really, I mean, there's a lot of interesting people out there. But yeah, even though I don't have an answer, whenever I do come up with an answer, something that's super important to me is just the idea of nuance, that things aren't black and white. And I think that's, I mean, the more I get to know you, that's what I think what I like about you is that I th- people might want to put you in a box because of whatever you do or whatever you say or whatever you might project. But you're, you're, you have, there's a lot more layers to you and there's, you have a lot more, there's a lot more reasoning and, and just, just a lot more thinking behind what you do than what might, and what might one might perceive. see perceived in a mm-hmm. sense. And whatever my answer is for the most interesting, intriguing person that I've met, it would be someone like that or people or people like that. In that category. In that category. No, you're 100% right. Like, a lot of people see me and they see, I mean, let's be real, right away they see a guy that wants to be Hollywood or be on camera and flashy and showy. Yeah. But for me, my reasoning is I know if I can be the flashy and showy and yeah. get a lot of people talking about me, yeah. then I can build a better audience. Yeah. And if I can be somebody like Jake Paul, I would influence them in a good way yeah to make better in this world and yes make money yeah but also money you can do good things and 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 so even though i don't think about money so much i have an orchestra where i have to think about money because i have people that i hire to to work for me and so i think the same way in that um the more maybe famous or that i become or the orchestra becomes the more money that we can actually make so i actually i can have resources the more influence you can have yeah the more things you can have in your favor yeah and, and the, the, the more people I can connect them with it's just like the, the more the, the more people I know the more people that know me the more the more things I can offer to them or, and other people and I think a lot of times people don't really see it that way no they don't that's why just become famous Right but also, ways. I mean, just to talk about you, um, since we we talked about me, one of the thing. Oh, one shot. You're one shot. Don't <laughs> miss your chance. Eminem. One of the things for me, as I, I mean, we're, everyone's always studying other people in a sense. So as I study you, but not that I'm like sitting down and studying you, that it's super interesting to, to me is I really like the people that like you. 
you know? So like, again, when I, when I go to the Young Entrepreneur Convention and I meet Mike and Dez and, and all those cats, like I really like them, you know? So, so it kind of makes me think like, wow, the, the people, these people that are these other people that I really like, they're there because of you. And so there, there has to be something authentic about you that's connect that's attracting these people that I that I am also authenticity attracts a lot and if you're not authentic and you're fake people will see it eventually I'm just straight out real I mean I don't fake anything I'm the most honest like tonight I had I put a dollar in the thing and four cards oh, yeah, came out yeah, yeah. i went and told them i'm like gave them three extra dollars because if i would have won a hundred bucks on that it would have ate me alive if i would have known because i got the extra one yeah. like there's who i am i'm authentic and i do care where do you think that, that was the longest pool game ever <laughs> what do you think <laughs> what were you saying oh uh where does that come from like where does that quality come from in iowa you? my mom my dad um, are they together? Yeah. They're like in, they'll be there tomorrow night. They're like in love. Been married for like 30 years. But, but yeah, I think I had enough pool. I hope you enjoyed the show as much as I did. That experience in that pool table room, like, Wow, just some of the things we talked about, there's a lot to take away. And one of them, the big thing I want you to take away is David Francis lived a great lifestyle. He's experienced more than most people know. He made a commitment to go after his dreams, even though he knew maybe for part of that time he wasn't going to make any money. But he was still going to live as if he was a millionaire based off the experiences of going after his dream, and he's done that. So many people go after things for the wrong reasons. They may be working in corporate or they may be making millions of dollars, but they're not actually focusing on the things that they really want to focus on. What is important to you? What is important to your goals, your dreams? Focus on them. Don't just do it for the money. David is a great example of this. I appreciate this guy. You need to connect with him. You need to come hang out with us at the event for Live to Grind. Just a person I dearly love and, and appreciate as a human being. And I hope all of you get the chance to meet him in person one day because this guy is somebody to look up to. It's like a, a friend, a mentor, a connection. I value him. He's one of those guys I'd literally do anything for. So I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you enjoy these interviews. I hope you enjoy me bringing you behind the scenes of my life. That's what I do. By the way, 12 cities in 12 months, baby. 12 cities in 12 months. Success in the city Next year, Samantha and I are filming a reality TV show. I'm going to live in 12 cities in 12 months. Maybe we're coming to you, and it's going to be fun. We're already, by the way, starting next week, we're going to get on a 34-day road trip. We're going to be in cities across the country. I'm going to be speaking in four different cities, Salt Lake City, Utah. I'll be in Scottsdale, Arizona. I'll be in Las Vegas. I will be in L.A., I will be in Austin, Texas, Denver, Colorado. I'll be in Omaha, Nebraska. I will be in Nashville, Tennessee. I will be all over, baby. I will be traveling a lot. So if you're in any of those cities, reach out to me. Send me an email, brandon at brandontadams.com. 
and uh, I'll let you know about the, the events we have and the meetups, and maybe we can hang out, and you can show me around the city. So that's all I got for the show. You know what time it is. It is time to go out there, create something great, and become unforgettable because life is too short not to. I'm Brendan C. Adams. Have a great day, everyone. Mm-hmm.